The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. This weekend is the weekend of the Sinn Féin Ordesh. And I think it is a long time, if you were casting your memory back, that you would have to go to find a party where there has been such a presumption of incumbency. All of the analysis saying they are going to be the next government, a general consensus forming around it. And what they are discussing at the Ordesh Pierce Dardy has already says, if that day does come to fruition, they do not want to go into government with Fianna Fáil and with Fine Gael. And they are committing again to solving the housing crisis. With me is Louise O'Reilly, who is Enterprise Spokesperson for um, Sinn Féin. The thing, Louise, about not going into government with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, it sounds great and it leans into the momentum that you currently have. It's a bit unrealistic, isn't it? I just want to pull you up on one thing there when you say about presumptiveness because I was at the Sinn Féin Ardesh last night and I'm heading there straight after this. Uh, there's no presumptiveness on our part. I didn't say we're it was not, on your part. No, no, I understand that but I just want to I, I just want to nail that because we're not in any way uh, presumptive. We're not arrogant. What we're doing is we're getting our head down. We're doing our work. We're going to give an offering to people at the next election and it's up to them to make the choice. Of course, the polls are very encouraging but, you know, in the time on a tradition of politicians I'm going to say to you Anton there's only one poll that matters and that's, that's the one right, on election day What but, about getting into bed with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael? That's so ultimately here, going to have to so happen So here's the thing right? For our um, for the people that we represent when I knock doors out in my constituency in Balbriggan and Lusk, Rush and Scaries and all the rest of it and I'm talking to people they, they're talking about bread and butter issues about housing about health about the cost of living and when we look across when we're in the Dáil and we look across to the government benches we see Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael and the Green Party there together slotted into a very nice little coalition suit them all, very little policy differences between any of them. They've caused the housing crisis with now, their policies. Can we come back to my question? No, but what I'm saying to you is our preference is a government that does not involve Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael. The choice is the, the, choice is the people's. We'll be running well, my enough question candidates. Is, is that a realistic I prospect? I think it is. I think Do it's you? a realistic... Do you really believe it's something that you that could that have we, a total majority or that you'd have a mix and gather of independence in the left? Well, not necessarily a mix and gather of independence because obviously there are other parties with whom um, we will talk. But Mary Lou MacDonald has been really, really clear about about this. We will talk to everybody because that's what grown-ups do. So we will take our mandate and we will talk to any parties and what we're interested in doing is putting forward a platform, putting forward a set of policies that will make a real and lasting difference in housing, in healthcare, in the cost talk of living and in the, the lives of Talk to me about the political consequence of that. For the Sinn Féin voter, if we vote for you and the numbers require you to slide either Fianna Fáil, if slide either Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael back into government as a junior coalition, if that happens, will you be forgiven? What we'll do is we will negotiate a very ambitious programme for government and we will deliver that. And we will stand or fall on the basis of how we deliver for people as all political parties have to do. I think people were very struck by the cynicism of Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael coming together to form that coalition. There was nothing positive about it. It was formed to keep Sinn Féin out. And that's something that I hear back on the doorsteps. And by the way, I know that other people in other political parties hear that as well, whether they admit to it or not. So we hear that back from people all the time. They say it was cynical. Yeah, but will you be forgiven? Go back to what happened to Labour. Now, Labour ultimately were the junior coalition partner in it, but there was a sense of oh, no, you no, put back hang on the a people second, who you Anton, I, I represented public service workers um, some of whom, God love them, had actually voted for the Labour Party. When they went into government, they didn't do what they said they were going to do. What they did was they targeted lone parents, ordinary people, and they, they were not forgiven for that because what they did was seen as by many people as unforgivable. They did not do what they said. People saw that they participated 
enthusiastically, some would say, in the austerity agenda. But we've seen a lot of instances where parties have been punished by coalition. The Greens have had repeated electoral kicking for being seen as supporting governments who were unpopular. Likewise, we've seen the same thing with the PDs where they suffered from coalition. Do you think there's a risk to Sinn Féin if you end up in that position? Because at the moment you are at least pure in opposition. No, but I don't think that the, I don't don't think that's necessarily the view because what we're doing is we are preparing to be in government. But we will put it, we will set out our stall, and people can make their choices on the basis of our policies. So you know there are people now. If you are someone in your late twenties, early thirties, or even late thirties, stuck staying back in your childhood bedroom, you know, are you going to vote for the people that put you there and are likely to keep you there, or are you going to vote for a party that has a plan to fix the housing crisis? Of course, you're going to look at that. And you're going to vote for the party that. Sinn Féin that has the plan to fix the housing crisis. You talk about preparing for the prospect of going into government. You as enterprise spokesperson means that ultimately if you keep your brief, which isn't a guarantee, but if you do keep your brief, you will be in a situation where the Apples of this world, the Pfizer's of this world, the Abbott's, the MedTech, all of those big sectors will be talking to you. Have they been beating a path to your door already? Well, I have a very, very open um, policy. I meet anybody, anybody that wants to meet me. I meet global multinational corporations. I meet small to medium enterprises. What do they say to you? Well, well, they're interested in talking to us about, um, you know, stability and about ensuring that, you know, what we we can work together. Look, you know, we're not foolish. We recognise the importance of FDI to this stage. I was in San Francisco in April. I met the IDA. I met business groups over there, did the same in Vancouver. I also met a lot of very young, talented, educated Irish people who are abroad and don't want to be and who will come home if the housing crisis is fixed. And I think that's incredibly important. Talk to me a little bit about that because, uh, and I don't mean this in in any way uh, negatively, but there there are what would appear to be challenges from an ideological perspective with that area of your brief. So for instance, if you take the FDI, you have a situation where 15% corporation tax, you're going to go to the electorate where you have people who are not earning a whole pile of money paying much more money than big corporates are. Can you stand over that? Can you stand over rich people being able to shield tax into their pensions? Well, I think, you know, the corporation tax issue is one that's settled and the, the Minister for Finance has made the direction on that fairly clear. And, you know, again, these are things that very large companies want to talk about because they want to know they want to know that stability that they want to know that they can you know at least reasonably plan you know you can't insulate yourself against everything but those issues are settled matters the issue of corporate there's, there's a couple a like uh, let me give you one as a, a case in like take something like the R&D tax credits if i'm a big multinational i can take my profits and i can shield them by ta- from tax by reinvesting them into certain research and development yep. programs that's okay really important. That? Yes, and we have long advocated for an increase in the R&D tax credit. It's only actually this year that the government finally listened to us because research and development is absolutely essential. So we have long advocated for that. That's really, really important part of the enterprise ecosystem. And what we need to do is we need to ensure that we broaden out our enterprise base here. So that we have an awful lot of companies in this state. They get to a certain point and they sell up instead of scaling up. Now, what we want to do is we want to introduce a third leg to the enterprise strategy so that we encourage those companies to scale up and stay here. Now, look, you can't do it with every company. It's not going to suit every company. But I have spoken to people who say they feel there's a pressure on them. They get to a certain point. They sell up rather than scale up. But if the supports are there, they might scale up. That's good jobs. That's high paying jobs. That's decent jobs that are staying here in Ireland. It's also broadening our enterprise. What sort of reaction do you get from the multinationals and from the entrepreneurs and from the business community when you start talking like this? Do you see relief in their faces? 
Not at all. No, should they know? They, before people come oh, and meet come on. me, you must admit it that is there has been a long-standing Sinn Féin policy to increase the the R and D tax credit. So when I talk about R and D tax credits to people, they know well. Anyone who watches the uh, Enterprise Trade and Employment Committee knows well. My focus is always on you know ensuring that we broaden out our enterprise base and that we develop an industrial strategy that keeps high-paying, decent jobs here in this state. I'm willing to work with anybody if that is uh, if that is their agenda. I don't necessarily see relief on people's faces. I, I meet people all of the time. It's a very open and ongoing engagement and it's one which, you know, I relish. Um, you know, when I came into the, the brief, it's enterprise, it's also employment, so it's also workers' rights. I would like to think I had a fairly good handle on, on one side of the brief. I did a lot of learning in terms of the other, but, you know, we, we're skilling ourselves up. We're talking to people. There's no harm in talking to people and I meet people all of the time. I have a very, very open door policy. Now, let me put to you the other thing that every now and then you will read an analysis and that you will hear people say, which is, look, Sinn Féin have lots of big plans and big ideas. They, when they get elected, the permanent government will gradually wrap themselves around the party and they will be forced to effectively come to heel. Come to heel is not a nice term now, Anton. Um, what what we have done is we have set out our ambition. So you know, we want to talk about enterprise. I will tell you the biggest challenge facing enterprise at the moment, Chambers Ireland said it, IBEC have said it, is housing. Not being able to source housing for the people that they need it. The members of, as you call them, the permanent government, the civil service, yeah, they're mams and dads. They have sons and daughters. They know about the housing crisis as well because we are all living that. But the job of the civil service is to implement government policy. And when Sinn Féin are in government, when we lead uh, government, hopefully the next government, when Mary Lou Macdonald is hopefully Taoiseach, the civil service will implement government policy. But it is up to us to come to the table with our homework done, with our policies well worked out, with our strategy and how we're going to achieve it. And we will work with the civil service and with the NGOs and with the um, the non-commercial semi-state sector, etc., etc., to deliver on our policy programme. And do you think there, is there any particular challenge for Sinn Féin in doing that? Because classically up until now, literally in the history of the state, because of the nature of the civil war politics, Former ministers have usually been returned to the cabinet. So there's a couple of people knocking around who have experience of actually getting things done at senior departmental level. Mm. Do you think that's going to be a sharp but There wasn't curve? in 2016, to be fair. Uh, you know, that, that, that government didn't have, uh, it didn't have the experiential knowledge. I think there was maybe only one person who had previously sat at the, at the cabinet table, perhaps more, but not many. So, you know, experience is, is one thing. But we are all experiencing now the impact of the policies of Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Green Party together. So all of the experience in the world that they have has led us to a catastrophic housing crisis, a health crisis which is only going to worsen in the coming months because of the recruitment embargo and a cost of living crisis because the government is massively out of touch with what ordinary people are feeling. So experience is one thing. But they have all of the experience and they have brought it's us It's also to interesting to see what and we I have I, though, what we have is a well worked out plan and we will also we know we have okay. to work with people, we have to work with stakeholders but it's interesting and we to are see willing to do not only a well worked out plan, I assume as well you have a well worked out plan in terms of the electoral strategy for the next election. Because any time that I speak to you, any time I speak to your colleagues, those three things, cost of living, health and housing, are absolutely hammered. They are the issues on which you are going to go but to. They the are people. the issues that we hear on the doorsteps. Oh, I'm not doubting they, that. No, no, but I mean this is this is one of the big differences between Sinn Fein and maybe the, the parties of government is we are very connected into our communities. We do a lot of canvassing, we do a lot of uh, 
out, outreach and engagement with people. The same in our portfolios. We do a lot of outreach. We do a lot of engagement. So we hear from people directly. Now, you don't talk about the housing crisis. I can tell you I hear it on the doors in Balbriggan, but I can also tell you I hear it in the Enterprise Trade and Employment Committee from Chambers Ireland, from IBEC, from other organisations who say it is the single biggest challenge. That the government don't seem to grasp the importance of it is very, very worrying. But we get it. We understand that it's important to people. I have to put a question to you because it's coming in so often in text. I'll give you a couple of the variants of it. Um, Anton, I run a company, sorry, no, um, really interested in Louise O'Reilly saying Sinn Féin will, quotes, talk to anyone. And that's coming from the party that isn't doing what it's like to do in Stormont. But it goes on to say they want to expel the Israeli ambassador rather than talk and persuade only soapboxing. Another, if Louise is talking, if talking is what grown-ups do, why then does Mary Lou want to expel the Israeli ambassador, not allow grown-ups to talk? And there are buckets along those lines. The Minister for Foreign Affairs in Thonishta, Michal Martin, was in that seat last week and he said that effectively the reality of politics is that if you want to be, and I quote, an interlocutor in the process, you have to keep those channels open. Sinn Féin is the poster boys for having kept channels open with the people whom they most opposed in creating the Good Friday Agreement. Why would you abandon a, a commitment to diplomacy and negotiation for the populist move of Turfanet and Well, we haven't abandoned uh, diplomacy and negotiation at all. In fact, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald, uh, as recently as a week ago, met with uh, the ambassadors from the Arab League of Nations. And, you know, we, as we do believe in dialogue and we understand just exactly how important uh, dialogue is. However, what is happening in Gaza right now is a massacre. I cannot, I, and I don't know how anyone can, I have seen too many of those videos. My heart is breaking in half. Now we will bring a motion to the doll next week, which uh, will compel the, the uh, sorry, which will mandate the government to, um, as, a sta- as a party to the statute of the International Criminal Court, to refer um, the, what is happening in Gaza at the moment to the prosecutor of that court. But, that but is what our motion let me just says. Put to you and that is what our focus is on. If you look at the Sinn Féin uh, take on what was done by the opposing side in Northern Ireland over the period of the Troubles, you would undoubtedly refer to some of that as being a massacre. You would undoubtedly refer to um, civilian atrocities. You would undoubtedly refer to government subjugation of a native population. Despite that, you were willing to say, let's sit directly across the table. Why in this context would you say the person who we might need to try to facilitate the exit of Irish civilians, all of those kind of things, we will make a move that is very difficult to undo? Well, I think what has happened in Gaza has escalated the the need for action. And I think the position of the Israeli ambassador has become untenable because of her defence of those actions in Gaza. But our focus is not to get distracted. Our focus is on a ceasefire. A ceasefire is the only, only means by which we can lift what is happening, uh, the burden off the people in Gaza. I mean, it is being reduced to rubble people's homes. Hospitals are being targeted. I mean, there's absolutely no dispute that this is a matter for the International Criminal Court. But I, and I that don't is, want to that harp on, on, on that at we the want same the Irish point. government to make. But are that you not, our priority okay, are you not better facilitated or would you not be better court. able, would you not be better able to deliver on that through diplomatic channels rather than severing diplomatic channels? But the Irish government can 
as a party to uh, the Rome Statute make that referral. So next week in the Dáil we'll debate a Sinn Féin motion which calls for that referral to be made. We haven't wavered from our call for a ceasefire. That is our primary focus at the moment. A ceasefire is the, I mean they're bombing hospitals Anton. Okay, a ceasefire has to happen. Four, more than 4,000 children are dead. A ceasefire is the only answer. So what we are doing next week is we will bring that motion to the Dáil which will if passed mandate the government to make that referral to the International Criminal Court and I think that the government should do that. I also think that we need to focus and speak with one voice, use whatever we have in terms of diplomatic channels, public platforms, etc, etc to call for that ceasefire now. Um, we were speaking earlier about the areas pertaining to your brief like the uh, foreign direct investment and uh, enterprise supports and you were talking about your own um, commitment to R&D tax credits and how vital they are to economic growth. Uh, text asking, can you ask Louise regarding the tax policy for people who earn over €100,000? Does she have concerns that this policy will impact talent and multinational companies' willingness to continue to invest in Ireland? Because presumably at senior level in a lot of those multinationals, they get paid that much. Indeed they do. Um, And I'm sure they work very hard for it. But as I've said, time and time again, when we meet business, when we meet their representatives, what they say to us uh, is the need, and IBEC produced a paper on this recently, actually, the need for uh, state-of-the-art public services, the need for investment in our infrastructure and the need for housing. So, okay. you know, the, the resolution though. of the, the housing crisis. Okay. <laughs> so nobody who wears, the housing crisis point yeah. is well made, but no, what no, about but the, the 100k? But the point is, we need to raise taxes in order to be able to deliver on public services, and public services are incredibly important to the business community. Community. I talk to them uh, day in and day out. So nobody on, who earns less than €140,000 a year will pay any more tax under a Sinn Féin government. We do believe that if people can afford to pay more, they should pay more. But we also believe that we need to take the burden off families in terms of the provision of public services. But can you go to the, the core question of the texture, which is, let's say those over, as you say, the 140 as the threshold. If somebody, and again, we may not like to say it, but the reality is there are a lot of people on those kind of salaries in the multinational sector. Do you have any concern, as the texture ask, about the willingness to continue to invest in Ireland if they look and say, our staff are going to get taxed more? I don't because I believe that, uh, you know, when you talk to people, what they want is they want decent public services. They understand that they have to pay for that. So, you know, on the one hand, you do have to make that investment in terms of public services, but that benefits everybody. Investing in their healthcare means that people don't have to pay for private health insurance. If we have a decent public healthcare system, we don't have people paying for... Uh, is that a hard argument to make to American companies who are so ingrained in the idea that you keep tax low and you pay for everything out of your direct No, I don't income. believe so because they, what the, the people who are employed here are mostly people who have grown up in Ireland and they understand very fundamentally the need for us to invest in public housing, to invest in our public health service, to invest in our education system, our transport infrastructure and indeed the general infrastructure to ensure that we can actually make this a decent place to live and a decent place to work. I mentioned earlier on that it is never a guarantee that uh, any opposition spokesperson, if they do make it into government, is returned in their own area of brief. Would you like to stay in your area of brief? Ah, look, we have to fight an election. Um, so I'd like to be returned by the, the people of Fingal in my in the first instance. And thereafter, um, my hope is that our next Taoiseach will be Mary Lou MacDonald. And would you like I to be enterprise her, spokesperson? I trust her as or our minister leader I should say. to make good decisions. Of course, I would like an opportunity to deliver on our policies, but that will be a matter for Antishuk when... Uh, when but you are equally willing to serve formed. in any capacity on which you might be asked. Of course. You know, you know Mary Lou MacDonald is our party leader. She is a good judge of both character and talent, etc, etc. So I trust her judgment. 
I am very conscious you have to get in the car and head for Athlone because it is in Athlone that it is uh, the Sinn Féin Ardesh is on. In that context, greatly appreciate you taking the time to come in because I know you have a, a long journey ahead of you. That is Louise O'Reilly, who is the uh, Sinn Féin spokesperson on workers' rights, enterprise, trade and employment, as well as being TD for Dublin Fingal. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.